at least 25% of how I feel about a burger is the pickle situation. <laughs> I'm, I'm really into pickles. Pickles are great. I get that. Yeah, but, like, I think they're vital on a burger. You and Sarah, that's... You need, like, the pickle to cut everything else. <laughs> you know, in Korea, if you order, like, pizza or if you order fried chicken, they always come with a side of pickles because it's the idea that you need, like, the acidity of the pickles to cut all the grease. Which makes sense to me with pudded chicken, but it does not make sense for me with pizza. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't I couldn't get behind the pizza, but, like, no. fried chicken, sure. Fried yeah. chicken's great. Oh, yeah. Um, Korean fried chicken? Never had that. Oh man, it's so good. I miss it so bad. I'm just hungry. Yeah. Probably we should get back on topic. John. Yay! <laughs> and this is Gaming in Real Life. This is a podcast about the relationships that gamers have with games. And the way games facilitate relationships between players? Mm-hmm. Or between gamers. Oh. You know. Between anyone, really. Why, why didn't put a label on it? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, don't we all play games? I, I, I don't know if I know a single person who doesn't play some form of game. Everybody plays. We're really players. That's, that's deep. <laughs> it, that makes me think of, like, my old English classes where they'd be like, you all think of yourselves as readers, but none of you guys think of yourselves as writers, and you all write. Yeah, I've tried that one on my kids. They, uh, they're not having it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's too bad. Yeah. Yeah. Well, oh. well it's a shame. We, we, we shouldn't, we shouldn't get so hung up on labels. You, never mind what you are, it's, all that matters is what you do. Well, especially, I honestly, I think the, the term gamer kind of bothers me because it's gender, it's gendered, like automatically it's gendered. When we think of gamers, we think of guys. That's very true. And when you think of girl gamers, you hear about fake girl gamers mm -hmm. or like people who are pretending to be gamers to game the system. I don't know what the reasoning is behind that. To get that sweet, sweet gamer attention. <laughs> that's, that's such a premium these days. Yeah. Lord knows, girls, <laughs> girls struggle enough with getting attention just day to day. I don't like the culture that surrounds being a gamer, and I don't like this idea that if you're a gamer, there's a certain legitimacy that that gives you and your opinions about games, which I think is sort of harmful for a hobby that I think is really poised to broaden its its scope, to, to broaden its appeal. One, it's just, it's hard for people who are just getting started in this hobby. Like, how long are you supposed to study games until you can consider yourself a gamer? It's, it's silly, but... Why is there a canon of knowledge that people have to know? And who gets to decide what that canon is? White guys. Yeah, that's, that's very true. <laughs> anyway, this is actually not the podcast about gender issues in gaming. That's coming, that's coming. That's absolutely coming. No, but we've point. got some, we've got something we're excited about. Oh, I'm so excited! Geekway to the West is coming up! Geekway to the West, if you are not familiar, it, well, you might have heard of it if you live in or near St. Louis. Or if you've been listening to our podcast because we've mentioned it at least twice. Have we? Oh yeah, well, it's, it's a very, it's a very good con. We had a great time last year, but what's it's it like, what's it like? Oh, it's just so wonderful. 
I should mention that we're also seasoned Gen Con attendees, mm-hmm. John and I. So when I think about Gen Con, I kind of put it next to a larger con like Gen Con. But basically, it's a, a board gaming convention, and unlike a lot of the larger conventions like BGG Con, Origins, Essen, UK Games Expo, uh, a lot of the, the very large cons, I imagine that Geekway of the West is like a lot of smaller, more local conventions in the sense that it's just an opportunity to play board games, not necessarily to try the newest game or see the board game companies show off their you know wares before they're available for general purchase. Yeah, there's not a strong publisher presence at this con. There's one or two um, yeah. that that are very present there, but it's not like you know it no publishers are not racing to have their games ready to debut at Geekway to the West. It doesn't exactly. have that profile. Yeah, it's really just about playing games. They have a games library where you can check out games and play them with anybody. They have a play and win area where you can uh, play some games and put your name in for a chance to win the games that you played. There's fancy gaming, which I'm totally going <laughs> to dress up for this year. I will absolutely do that as well. It's exactly what it sounds like, people putting on fancy clothing and playing board games. Sounds wonderful. I'm there. Exactly. Um, that's that's really most of the convention right there. There's well, a couple of other, like, you know, things to raise money for charities, and there's opportunities to buy games from other people at the convention, but... Well, and there are, there are also a handful of ticketed events. I remember uh, last year there was a big Netrunner tournament that yeah. I, I opted not to participate in, but, you know, there's... The, a lot of things that you would typically find at uh, gaming conventions happen there. But I think the vast majority of the people who go do just go for the games library or the play and win section. And we should also mention that it's really just board games. So unlike Gen Con, which features a very large RPG presence, some video gaming opportunities, Geekway of the West is just board games. Yes. Very focused on one thing, but it does that thing very well. Well, and, you know... It's actually, I think, a big deal that it's just get a game, play a game. Because the thing is, other conventions are not quite that linear in your approach to them. I don't know if anybody's ever been to Gen Con or a similarly sized uh, convention and had the experience of walking around for several hours and just not being sure how to... Like, ostensibly you came here to play games, but you can walk around Gen Con for hours and just not be sure how to get a seat at one. Yeah. And I don't feel like that really happens at Geekway. I feel like not only is there just nothing else happening, and most of the games are just... They're not things you have to get a reservation for. You just sit down and play. But also, the people there are quite friendly, and they're very willing to just bring you into whatever it is they're doing. Absolutely. And one of the things that I really loved about Geekway of the West last year is, with the exception of maybe one or two games, we didn't have to read any rule books the entire time that we were there. We were playing all new games, games that were completely new to us, but 90% of the time, another friendly attendee um, heeded our call. There's meeples that alert other people that you're looking for more players. Oh, it's or, a great system. Oh, it's great. <laughs> or or you want somebody to explain the rules of the game, and there were always people willing to teach us how to play whatever we wanted to try. 
I mean, so we talked a little bit about gamers in the negative sense, but I feel like there are definitely different sides to this community, and I, I my experience of Geekway was engaging with the sides of the community where uh, people are very excited about games, they want to see more people get into games, they want to see people get into the games they love just because they're passionate about them and want to share that, and yeah. that's, I think, a lot of what we ran into at Geekway is just very friendly people who they love this thing and they want you to love it too just because they know it's worth loving. Yeah, I've had, you know, some slightly unpleasant gendered experiences at Gen Con now and then. Oh, I believe um, it. People making comments, but I've not had any experience like that at Geekway the West in general. It's been really positive. Mm -hmm. And and that's not to say it's because of the setting or the kind of convention that it is. There's just a lot more people at Gen Con, which means right. that proportionally, they're also going to be a lot more assholes. Mm -hmm. And because it's just a, a larger convention, it can also feel a little overwhelming, at least for me, as someone who has anxiety, but also just finds giant crowds a little overwhelming in general. There's just so many people around you all the time, and when you're getting ready to go onto the game convention floor at Gen Con, it's just you're gonna you're gonna smell a lot of bo. It's <laughs> just no way getting no, around. Like, there's just too many true. people. It's absolutely true. There's too many people for for my personal taste. I've been to Gen Con a couple years. I've had some good experiences, but if I were going to pick one convention to spend my money on personally, it would be Geekway. I will I will say. There weren't a lot of women at Geekway of the West last year that I noticed. I felt like I was definitely in a minority. Fair enough. But it's it's not the same. I mean, I don't I don't hear people complaining because, you know, there's a, a judge for a competition who happens to be female. Like, that's not an experience I've had at Geekway of the West. And I think part of that's because the focus of the convention is so much about camaraderie in a, in a way that really can't be in the same way. It's something like Gen Con, which does have a lot more competitive elements. Mm -hmm. So it's, you know, it's partly what you're looking for. If what you really want from a convention is a chance to buy a game that's not going to be released to the general public for another couple months, absolutely a place like Origins or Gen Con is going to be a better fit for you. But if what you really want to do is spend four days from 8 a.m. to 2 in the morning doing nothing but playing board games, I think Geekway of the West is going to be more your speed or a similar convention, a smaller con. Well, and I, I think that's kind of one reason we appreciated Geekway so much is because, I mean, our friends like games, but they eventually want to stop. Yeah, we did, we did not stop. We got there in the morning, and we were going until, like, 2 or 3 in the morning every yeah. day. It was really nice to be in an environment where that behavior was normal, where that's yeah. just what you were... It was understood that's just what you were there to do. I will say one thing that I think makes Geekway special, and... Obviously, I, I haven't experienced a lot of other smaller cons, but the fact that you can drink while playing games, I would imagine is pretty unique to Missouri because Missouri has such notoriously lenient alcohol laws, and so we were able to be playing games we with had, a beer we next had a six to pack us. Of beer. Yeah. It feels like something an adult should just be allowed to do. Exactly. And I don't think we abuse the privilege. No, honestly, there was nobody who was, like, sloppy drunk that I came across the right. entire weekend. But, you know, if we wanted to, to play a board game about divorcing royal bunnies while... <laughs> 
enjoying a scotch on the rocks, like, that was totally doable. And that was really nice. It, it was really nice. Although I didn't really love that game. It was not a very good game. I don't remember what it was called. We'll have to put it in the show notes. Yeah, we. I, I can look it up real quick. Um, but while I'm doing that, what are your tips for getting the most out of the convention? Okay, so this is probably a fairly obvious one, but you want to make sure that you're situated fairly close to the con. So last year when we were at Geekway, we stayed with family that I have in the St. Louis area, but we're easily, you know, 40 minutes outside of, of St. Charles where the convention takes place. And it just made it really hard because we couldn't, you know, we, we weren't able to do fancy gaming because we didn't want to spend the whole day in formal clothing. Oh yeah, it's Kuhn versus Lakia. I'm sure I've totally butchered that. You say the subtitle. A Chronicle of Royal Lapine Divorce Foretold. It was really cute. It was a very <laughs> cute premise. Great theme. The game just didn't quite work. Yeah. I, I really would... I almost wish somebody would take another crack at making... I mean, it's a game about bunnies getting divorced. I just think there should be more games about bunnies property. getting divorced. <laughs> it's just... Come on, game designers. They uh, little wooden carrots. So many good ideas. So much potential. Didn't didn't quite work. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, go on. Well, I was just saying it's it's worth it to stay near the actual convention center, not only so that you can go back and forth, stop in your room, but also at a con like Geek Away the West, I feel like one of the really great things is that you can stay up really late, that you can go really hard, and you're not gonna want to drive forty minutes at 2.30 in the morning, no. just save yourself a little trouble. One thing that we're doing this year is we're actually getting an Airbnb, and we're going to try to get one of those, um, like, Blue Apron sort of boxes. Yeah, that's right. That was a cool idea. Because we're going to have a kitchen, and that way we'll have enough food for the weekend, and we'll get to cook ourselves, but we don't have to worry about bringing a bunch of random spices and crap. That actually, that I mean, that actually brings up another... Uh, I think really important tip for going to a convention, which is eat healthy. Yeah. The first time you go to a convention, you're going to eat junk food the whole time. And that will get old. It will actually, I mean, it's actually going to exhaust you and just make you feel kind of gross. Yeah. Because, I mean, a gaming convention is, it it's taxing. It's exhausting. It's a lot of walking around. It's a lot of trying to sustain focus for a long time. And you actually do need, you're, you need to take care of your body so that it can take care of you during that experience. Plus so. it's just like a Petri dish. You're around so many people. Mm. You're in really close quarters. I can't say that I've ever, like, spent an entire weekend at a convention and not felt sick by Sunday. So, anything that you can do to take care of yourself, eating healthy, bringing lots of water to drink, especially at a place like Geekway, where all the options for food are, and, and Gen Con, what am I talking about? Oh, yeah. All the options for food are pretty much uh, junk food. Right. Yeah, I know. Bring, for snacks, bring apples, bring carrots, bring mixed nuts. You know, bring things that will nourish you, because you will be happier. You will have more fun. And there's plenty of opportunities also to play while you're taking a bit more of a break. So one of the great things about Geekway of the West is even though they shut down the, the games library at 
what hour, whatever hour of the night, uh, they do let you check a game out and bring it back first thing in the morning. Mm -hmm. And so it's totally doable for you to leave the con at 10 o'clock, go back to your hotel room or your Airbnb and play a game late into the night with your friends and not have to worry about, you know, well, and this, this is something that I learned about conventions that was really counterintuitive, which is that actually a lot of the best gaming that you'll do at conventions doesn't happen at the convention. Yeah. And it's just this weird thing that, uh, yeah, you still go to the convention to do gaming, and yet it's what it accomplishes for you is a shift in mentality that just makes you more... It, it puts you in a state that's more conducive to gaming. But uh, this was, I think, especially true for larger conventions like Gen Con. I realized um, getting demos or ticketed events was fine, but my favorite gaming experiences I had were just in between events when we just found a free table and set up a game and just played it. Absolutely. And especially with Gen Con, you need to figure out what your priorities are, and if they're ticketed events... Buy them early. If you want to do... Is it True Dungeon? Real Dungeon? Uh, True Dungeon is, I think, what they call it. If you want to do something like True Dungeon that's a, a larger activity, um, you need to buy those tickets early because they'll sell out. But even, like, we went to see Shut Up and Sit Down at their live podcast, which was amazing and has been lost to history. No, Nobody's uh, ever heard it because... Because you were the Moneyhead uh, champion, No, I, I was not the champion. Oh. But I did play Moneyheads. And I did okay. And I got a puzzle. So that was exciting. <laughs> Do you know what I did with my Twilight Imperium puzzle? I sold mine at a garage sale. Oh, I just left mine under the bed in the hotel. Oh. <laughs> in hopes that someone would just find it. No offense to Twilight Imperium. I just, uh, I like a, I like a chunky puzzle. I mean, I like a big puzzle if I'm going to do a puzzle. When we went to see Shut Up and Sit Down do their live podcast, and that's always a blast, I recommend you do that anytime you get a chance. Anytime you're at a convention where they are, go see them, they're great. Mm -hmm. But we played a game, and the prizes were, many of the prizes were just sort of, like, comically bad. But one of them was a, yeah, one of them was a Twilight Imperium-themed jigsaw puzzle. A couple of them. A couple of them were, and I'm just, Twilight Imperium, if you don't know, is a really heavy, a really heavy game about conquest and space and ships and upgrades and just loads of ideas, and it's all awesome. Yeah, like, who's a Twilight but Imperium why? fan who also enjoys a puzzle? <laughs> yeah, I, I just want to know, why does that exist? It had a lion on it. <laughs> <laughs> it did. Had a lion in a sort of military beret. Are you a, are you a puzzle fan? No. <laughs> I, I do enjoy a puzzle now and then, but I also have a kitten, and I, he doesn't let me puzzle anymore. <laughs> because I can't keep him off the goddamn table. <laughs> but you actually normally would just, you would just sit down and do a puzzle. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I would not. I've, I've had a, I had a puzzle in my house for two years that I just never opened. I have a 3D R2-D2 puzzle that is, I, I don't want to say life-size, it's probably like half-size but it has a little voice box on it, and you can click a button, and it'll be like, beep, 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 beep. <laughs> it's amazing. 3D puzzles sound exciting. I've never done one of those, but I think yeah. I'd enjoy those more. Because I did always enjoy assembling, like, Lego when I was a child. Uh, I know, I, I do also just enjoy a, a standard 
puzzle now and then. I like to listen to my podcasts while I puzzle. Oh, that makes it's sense. It's kind of like I also do paint by numbers now and then. Mm-hmm. It's it, it functions in the same way for me. Ah oh, man, that just reminds me. I I really got to try and paint a few minis over the summer. Oh yeah, well, I'm not artistic enough to do that. Like paint by num- numbers is the most that I can do. You know, painting minis is hard. I'm bad at it. Practice. Other tips for surviving a con? Goodness. I would say it's a good idea to have a general idea of what you're hoping to get from the convention, like what kind of games that you want to play, but be flexible and know that you're never going to be able to get to do everything that you're hoping to do. Well, and some of the best experiences that you'll have at a convention are the surprises. You actually don't want to... Part. I mean, part of what's exciting about a convention is that you're surrounded by people who know things that you don't. So it, you really shouldn't assume that you can design the best possible experience for yourself. And yeah, you will have some bad ones, but yeah, it's worth it for the things that you stumble upon that you would just not have found otherwise. Mm-hmm. One, Gen Con, one Gen Con on the very first day, I sat down to a demo thinking that I was playing I, I had the name of a game wrong, and that's how I learned about Star Realms, and now I play that game all the time. Oh, really? But yeah, no, I sat down to it thinking that it was another space-themed deck-building game, and a li- about a minute into the demo, I realized, oh, I have the wrong game. But I decided to just kind of see it through. I convinced all of my other friends that it would be worth trying, so I was like, all right, let's just do this, and we all we all bought copies after that demo. Hmm. We haven't finished our game of Star Realms yet. You're winning. <laughs> I, uh, my plan didn't pan out. My, my, my experience of that has been a very mixed bag. I either do really well or I just get slaughtered in the first you several know, rounds. It's a great game and I do think your decisions matter, but there's still a lot of variance. There is. Um, so, you know, it's that, it's that kind of game. Yeah, I, I think it's... Okay, I mostly play Star Realms because it's an app, and all of my friends are playing, and I felt left out, so I decided to join in. I think it's great. I I love that style of game anyway, and it's just, I think, such a clip. It's a deck... Star Realms is a deck-building game, but it's mainly designed for two players, and you're drafting spaceships. I know, your favorite. I know. I (laughs) I think it hits my transportation... Negative bias. <laughs> but you just, it, it's fun. You buy spaceships and you zap each other with them, and then one player eventually dies, and then the other player wins, because that's how life works. Yeah. I mean, I've had some, I've had some really fun experiences with it. Honestly, I, I've, I've really enjoyed some of the games that I've played, but it's just, I don't know, I think it's just not as meaty as I want. I think, though, that... So, the the real thing that distinguishes this game from other games like Dominion is that every card belongs to one of four factions. Mm-hmm. And most of the cards in the game have a regular ability that they just always do when you play them, but they have a special, a special ability that only happens if you play that card and another card of the same faction at the same time. 
So you aren't required to focus on cards that belong to the same faction, but you're rewarded if you do. And I think that makes for some of the most fascinating decisions in the game, because some cards are just amazingly powerful by themselves, but most of the cards aren't. Most of the cards are, like, fine, but great if you can make certain circumstances happen. And that makes you... You're often looking at the board and thinking, okay, this card is better by itself, but this card is better if I can make the combo happen. And... As often as I've had to make that same kind of decision, the, just the different, the sheer number of different iterations of that decision and how it can play out depending on what I've already put in my deck and what my opponent is doing and what kind of deck I think that I'm building, I'm just, I'm constantly amazed at just how much, how the game feels completely unsolvable, you know? Yeah. It's also, I should mention, it's available on, on an app, which is part of the reason we played a lot. You know, I really like playing the physical version of the game, but I have to admit, like, if I had to recommend the game to someone else, I would recommend the app, just because it it has a tutorial mode, and you can play it online, and it's just, it's simpler. Oh, I think it's important, if you've got an opportunity, especially if you're traveling to another city, to go to a convention, it's a great idea to enjoy a little bit of the city. I think you, I mean, I... I'm a native St. Louisan, so I feel like you got to enjoy a lot of the uh, local delicacies, of which there are many in St. Louis. But it was kind of a fun little break well, from the con. Why, why, do, why do you put pizza on crackers? I just want to... <laughs> They're not crackers! They're... It's, um, all of my... I'm, I'm sorry, there's no way I can talk about this without sounding just like a dick, because all of my family is from New York, so... And but to you be know... fair, like... Nobody outside of St. Louis actually enjoys St. Louis style pizza. <laughs> it's only people from St. Louis, and I love it, and I will not apologize I for that, but I, I understand. I understand how that sort of thing happens. But no, I'm, I'm glad to have had that cultural experience. I feel like a more worldly person for it. But you got to enjoy our frozen custard, which is the shit. The frozen custard was excellent. And the pretzels. Oh yeah, that's right. I almost forgot about the pretzels. Those, yeah. were, very, those were very good. If you're at Geekway the West, it's not that far to get to Gus's Pretzels, which has been around forever. They only accept cash. They have a pretty limited menu, but they make amazing pretzels and also, like, various sausages covered in pretzels. It's, it's all delicious. I maintain, and this is totally off-topic, that if you're a fast food or fast service place, you shouldn't have more than three things on your menu. As long as you do what you got well, that's all I care about. That's There's no reason why you should walk into any... I mean, there's no reason why you should walk into any restaurant thinking, I can just order whatever I want. You can't You can't do that well. It's the Five Guys model. But, um. but I'd say, if you can, take a break. Enjoy some of the local cuisine. That's not really the case with Indianapolis as much, I don't think. Oh, Indianapolis has good places. There's, there's some good places, but I don't feel like there's much, like, Indiana-specific food. No, there... Which baffles me, because, like, St. Louis has a million specific foods. I, I, I don't understand why the entire state of Indiana only has, like, sugar pie. Pork tenderloin. Yeah, I guess so. That's really good. I've, I've had them. They're okay. No, like, they're fine. But I, I just feel like for an entire state, like, no, I know. you it's... don't have a lot of state specific. No, they, we really don't. Persimmon pudding. But you're not going to find that in downtown Indy, is the thing. Yeah. I guess I you can find a pork tenderloin sandwich. 
You could probably you could probably find that. Even that though, I feel like you're more likely to find that outside. Like at a gas station. Cities. Yes. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. But regardless, whatever, whichever con you're at, I mean Dallas. Obviously, there's plenty of good places to eat in Dallas. Like, get outside of the con at some point. Just give yourself a little break and enjoy your city, even if it's just a little bit. And in St. Louis, if you really want to take a break, there's a million amazing free things to do. There's the St. Louis Zoo. There's the Science Center. There's the Art Museum. I would really love to go to the City Museum this year. Yeah, I've still never been, but I heard it's great. That is not free, but it's worth it. It's a lot of fun. Fair enough. So, that that would be another one of my big tips. Oh, another good tip that's kind of specific to Geekway, Miniature Market is a wonderful local board game store. And you can order board games through Miniature Market and pick them up at Geekway to the West. Which, they have some of the best prices I've seen for a lot of games. I mean, definitely, you know, shop around, but they're a smaller game store that just ships out everywhere else, but to get free shipping, you have to spend like $100. So if you've got the chance to take advantage of buying your games in that sort of way, it's it's a good thing to do. Yeah, they do have a lot of really good deals. Yeah. Oh, what are you looking forward to? Well, so there are definitely some games in the, the Play and Win room has some games that I'm very eager to play. They have Captain yeah. Sonar, which I've already played a couple of times, but it's brilliant. I haven't played it yet. It's, oh, it's so I don't good. know. I, I desperately want to play it, but I haven't played it yet, so I'm really excited. Uh, no, that, that one looks amazing. Um, Robo Rally, I still haven't played. And that's an old game. That's been around for a long time. So I, that's just... I think they have the new copy of Robo Rally. Yeah, I, I do think it's the new edition. Yeah. I'm really excited to try out Vast Crystal Caverns, which is an asymmetric game where there's one person who's the dragon and one person who's the cave and one person who's the knight. Yeah, if nothing else, I think that game is going to be fascinating. I think it'll be really interesting to try out. I guess another one of my tips is, at a place like Geekway to the West, it's the perfect opportunity to try out games that you've been curious about, but you're not sure that you want to buy. Mm -hmm. That way you can give them a fair shot, if you're the kind of person who often blind buys games, especially. But it's just a, it's also a good opportunity to try either games that you haven't gotten to try, that you're curious about, or games that you just don't get to the table a lot. So I'm going to be bringing my copy of Middle Earth Quest, probably my anniversary edition of Galaxy Trucker, which I have, it just is awful that I haven't gotten to play it that often, but my husband hates that game, and I love it. I even might try Through the Ages, actually, while we're at Geekway of the West. Because... I can bring my copy. Yeah. Oh, I forgot you've got a copy of it. I do have a copy. I'm so curious about it, and I know it's like a long-haul game, but this is the perfect opportunity. You know, it does a lot of it does a lot of things right. I, I think try it, it has a couple of big flaws that it's just like... Some players can forgive them, some players can't, but, you know, a more modern version of the game just shouldn't have had those. Yeah, it's um, a beast of a Vlada Shuattle game. Vlada. Vlada. It's our favorite. I am going to be bringing my copy of Mage Knight. Oh, yes. Another Vlada game, actually. <laughs> Since All we're on the a theme. Vlada games. <laughs> All the Vlada games. Uh, what else do I want to play, though? I really want to try out the Networks. I don't tend to go for deck building games as frequently, but I think I'm warming to them a little bit. And I'm really curious about this theme of you running a television station and trying to get better and better shows and more 
you know, impressive stars. Yeah, I, that one did sound interesting. I didn't realize it was a deck building game, though. Yeah. You know, the, the nice thing about deck building games, even, you know, the ones that I'm not going to buy, they're still interesting to try just because um, they're so easy to learn. Yeah. Uh, once you've learned one deck building game, you kind of know how to play most of them. That's a good point. I really want to try a dragon and flag in. That one sounded like a lot of fun. That, I mean, it's not, how would you describe that game? It's not a real-time game. It's, it's a game where you're, it's more like a programming it's game. It's more of a programmed action game. Yeah, but you're having a bar fight, and... <laughs> I know that it includes, like, miniature, like, chairs and tables and things. It, it's got toys. It sounds like something I would really enjoy being a tactile person. A game that I wouldn't necessarily blind buy, but I'm so curious about it. Yeah, it, it, it is, I think, just supposed to be really bombastic and silly, and I think it's just going to come down to... I, I'm sure that it does that really well. I think it's just going to come down to, are you the sort of person who would have fun with that? Mm-hmm. They have a copy of Battlestar Galactica in their game library, which I love any kind of deception game. I know it's a, a longer deception game, but I don't think it's printed anymore, is it? I thought it was. Oh, maybe it is. Maybe I'm thinking of something else. But it's the kind of game that I've been wanting to try, but I've just never gotten the group together, especially for a, kind of a longer haul mm -hmm. deception game. Dark Moon's also in that same category of a deception game, but it's a little longer that I feel like I could get a group together to play at the con. I mean, that is one great thing about conventions as well, is that you are much more likely to find people who are going to be down for the heavy games. Mm -hmm. Speaking of programmed action games, I definitely need to bring my copy of uh, Space Alert. Oh, yeah. That one has not seen enough play, but it's really good. Yeah. I, oh. I'm so excited about... <laughs> the convention, just in general. How many Vlada games does that make us? Does that mean more? <laughs> All of them. Well, I'm not bringing Bunny Bunny Moose Moose. Okay, yeah, that's so fair. That's fair. That one's being left at home. But other than that, all of them. <laughs> Tash Kalar is another game that I by Vlada, obviously that I haven't really gotten. That was to very good. I, I liked it a lot. Yeah. As as someone who's good at um, abstract games, I think you would very much enjoy that. Okay. One. Definitely. I'd love to give it a shot. I've had it since last year's Geekway to the West because I got a really good deal to buy it, but I haven't gotten it to the table at this point. Uh, you know, another thing we should also add is that if you are on a limited budget, Geekway to the West is just a very good value. I think it's $50 for the entire weekend, and that includes a free game that you randomly get to choose. Last year, they, didn't they have like a wheel yeah, or a Something like a they had like a, a, a bag that they would draw tokens from. Yeah. There's a lot of opportunities to get free stuff at Geekway to the West. Um, yeah. I got a free copy of the XCOM board game last year. You won it at the playing with. I did. I am really hoping to get Bargain Hunter in the free game room when you register this year. I'm really curious to try Bargain Hunter, and I wouldn't have the opportunity to try it, I don't think, otherwise. I don't know much about that game. I don't know that much about it either, but I've heard just general good stuff, and it's a theme that excites me because I enjoy bargain hunting. <laughs> you know, sometimes it's ah, just, it just sense. takes a theme. That makes sense. Yeah. Just like there should be more, you know, board games about 
divorcing royal rabbits, there should also be more board games about bargain hunting and circuses and, you know. Well, and this is always just one of the things that makes the modern board game scene so appealing is, I mean, you all, you definitely get, like, the traditional, like, masculine power fantasy games, but they, there's so much other stuff that people make games about. Oh, just... I feel like there's just the opportunity to stumble across so many gems. I mean, last year at Geek Away of the West, we tried Food Chain Magnet for the first time, fell in love with that game. Now it's a game that I'm so excited that I own. But also, that was the first time that I played Catacombs, which is another game that I mm -hmm. love, which I might bring, actually, this year because I just haven't gotten it to the table. Fair enough. Mostly because I'm scared that the cats are going to run off with various pieces that are going to go flying around my house. But um, I just, I feel like there's so many opportunities to surprise yourself when you're at a convention like Geekway. And that's, again, just the, the importance of not over-planning. You need to give yourself the opportunity to have those experiences where you're pleasantly surprised. Yeah, I think I've, I've said said my pieces. Uh, that about covers it. Well, so we are both going to be at Geekway to the West. If you are there, tweet us. Say hi. Yeah, I'm sure We'd we'll be... We'd love to meet you. I'm sure we'll be doing a lot of Instagramming, occasional tweeting. I'm not a very good tweeter. I'm, I'm, I'm worse about it than you are. We'll be on Facebook. We'll be on Instagram. You can send us an email, gaminginreallifepodcast at gmail.com. Obviously, we're on Twitter at gaminginreallife. We're on Instagram, gaminginreallifepodcast. Follow us, you know, like the weirdos that we are. Just wander around the convention until you see a redhead and some <laughs> guy with a beard. <laughs> and... That, that could only be us. <laughs> Who else could that possibly be? Yeah, I'll be wearing various feminist t-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm going to wear my, my Power to the Meeple shirt. Excellent. I always have to wear that at every con that I go to. It's the only board gaming themed t-shirt that I own. And also, if you're attending Geekway of the West, or you're just really curious about what we're going to be doing while we're there, because you're a stalker. Um, <laughs> well, we're going to be playing games. We will, be, we will be playing games. And eating food. Probably. And drinking beer. And whiskey. And whiskey. And maybe wine? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. We'll just, <laughs> we'll just be drunk the entire time. <laughs> That's how you'll find us. The, the redhead and the guy with the beard who are just sloshed. Why are they shouting? <laughs> <laughs> but definitely keep checking out our channel because we're going to be posting just some short little, maybe 10, 15 minute thoughts of the day um yeah after each day we'll just put up a after each day we'll just put up a little a short little mini-sode if you will Ooh. Where, <laughs> where we'll just talk about what we did that day and kind of yeah just keep you posted on what's happening at geekway what's cool and yeah it's gonna be awesome so don't miss out and maybe if we meet a listener, you could when join is, us. When is Geekway? When should they be? When should they be listening? That's a great question. Look it up. <laughs> it's in May. <laughs> ah, so May eighteenth through May twenty first, we'll we'll post four little short mini episodes. Absolutely, it's going to be 
interesting. Yeah? Yeah. It, it, it will be something. <laughs> Things will happen. I don't know what kind of something it's going to be, but it will be something. A little bit less polished, a little bit more spontaneous, a little bit more organic. A little more drunk. You're gonna get, you're gonna get our, <laughs> us at our most honest. We're gonna, we're gonna just, we're gonna keep it real. All right. Well, we hope that you have a good day. And if you're not having a good day, you know, just, just stop. <laughs> stop having a bad day. <laughs> I don't know what else to say there. <laughs> Can't you tell that I have a counseling background? <laughs> Take care of yourself. Uh, yeah, play, play some games. Eat a good meal. Call your mom. Take a bath. Take a walk. <laughs> Self-care. Yeah. And we will be coming back to you very soon. Indeed. Until next time, we wish you good friends. Good games. And, and goodbye. goodbye.